Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, and welcome to Lucy's Week in Ambridge. We began the week at Ruckus with Ben in the sulk as he had no one to play with. Tony Robinson had taken his pastry brush home, Evie had left without giving him so much of a glimpse of her trench, and he was bored and fed up. And then he got even more sad because of Freddy. Right, now, here we go. Bear with me on this bit. There were three places to go and meet Trevor Drizzle, who makes jokes about plates. Troy booked three places, which Ben thought was him and Freddy and Troy, but it turned out Ben was not invited, but Munster was. I looked up Munster, and it's a province of Ireland, and there's 1.28 million of them. So quite how far Troy thinks he's going to get with three tickets, I don't know. Then Freddy pretended to be Yoda, and quite frankly, if Evie the archaeologist heard any of that conversation, she'd have had them both sectioned. Josh took a leaf out of the Bridge Farm playbook and did a business plan with graphics. Clip art chickens everywhere! Anyway, whoever he saw at the bank promised him some money if he'd leave, which means once again a farm made a huge decision about money and land in 24 hours, whereas it generally takes most of December to figure out who's invited for Christmas lunch. Susan popped in on Alice to bring her a bit of shattered self-esteem and some rejected vegetarian chilli. It was rejected by Neil, for whom apparently chilli is all about the hot meat. Interesting little segue across at Lower Loxley. Uh, Lily seems to have gone completely mad, and rather than doing her actual job, which is selling kitchen worktops over the phone, Hello, would you like a kitchen worktop? What colour would you like? Okay, lovely, thank you, bye. She has now started demanding control over everything from her mother's sex life to the Lower Loxley business. She went into a prolonged sulk that Freddie wouldn't let her see his plans for a Christmas show he hasn't even thought up yet. Her mother told her off, and she went back to her plans for annexing the Sudetenland. Bernard Lyons, played by the late Sir John Gielgud, is a trustee for Lower Loxley and is firmly of the opinion that Freddie is an irresponsible crackhead and shouldn't be in charge of crisps, never mind the Lower Loxley Christmas show. He said the trustees will be watching with interest, which is more than the audience will be. Ruth popped in to tell her teenage son not to picture Susan Carter naked. Entirely normal behaviour. Nothing to see here. It was all part of Ben going on Susan's show. Basically, I am really looking forward to coronavirus and lockdowns and tears and things being over, not just because I miss my friends and could do without the continual low-level anxiety, health scares, global recession and all that jazz, but because we can pack up this ridiculous conceit that Susan Carter would be given a show on Radio Borchester, that she was able to set up a professional studio in her airing cupboard or whatever it is, and that anyone bloody listens to her at all. But 
well, to suspend our disbelief of this colossal tosh for a moment and return to the belief that Susan wants Ben on her show. Ben had set up some ridiculous wheeze by which he was going to pretend not to be talking about the two Starbucks chocolate coins they found in the field, but to be talking about what it is like to be a teenager at uni. In the end, he appeared not to say anything about either, but talked about the Brooker's Barn being a party venue, which it isn't. It's a barn with some rats in it and a bit of hooky bunting. Quite why Ruth overreacted to the extent that she did is bewildering. She seems to be on a default setting of simmering fury which she brings to a rolling boil every now and again. After Ben's ridiculous interview, there was much rushing about and hooting and mobile phone calls as the cows in Marnie's all got bored, ate the padlock off the gate and decided to go to the ball for lunch. Ruth decided that it was treasure hunters that had let them out and turned herself up to Gasmark 8 again. Alice is feeling deeply icky. It is a form of morning sickness. She is mourning the lack of Smirnoff. Everyone's getting on her wick, but her ire is being reserved especially for Chris and Jennifer. There is something about Chris's inept fussing that is reminding me irresistibly of Frank Spencer, and I predict that when Alice goes into labour, Chris will be up the church tower on roller skates. Toby and Rex Fairbrother heard the glad tidings that they are being kicked out of Holly Tree to make way for some chickens. Toby was so relaxed about it I thought he was drunk, but Rex took a leaf out of Ruth's book and went completely berserk, calling Pip a spoilt brat like all the archers. While I am in no way denying that this was hugely enjoyable, I did think Pip had something of a point when she said, it's a business, what did you think was going to happen? The bit I did take issue with was when she said, Mum and Dad thought really long and hard about it. It took them two days, Pip. I've thought longer and harder about cheese. But, on the other hand, you do have to feel sorry for Rex. He makes a lonely figure, this public school ex-professional rugby player, facing a bleak future with only his family money and trust fund to sustain him. There are many Rexes these days, wondering where their next skiing holiday is coming from. Who will save them? We see him as he turns, silhouetted in the doorway of Hollow Tree, turning up the collar of his rugby shirt against the cruel winter wind. Oh no, it was already turned up. Silly me. The end. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.